0: Welcome to Read It or List It. We are so excited to have author BK Borison on the show today, who is our first author who we get to talk to who went from indie publishing into trad publishing. So welcome, BK. We're so happy to
1: have you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So... We are here to talk about, I guess, number one, Lovelight Farms, since that kicks off the series that are now slowly being republished as trade paperbacks throughout the summer. Um, but it's kind of this like, adorable, wonderful, cozy romance series that has like taken the internet by
1: storm. So can you tell us a little bit about it? sure so i started writing it totally right went from indie to trad it's been a whirlwind ever since but um i started writing it during the pandemic um, when i wanted a happy cozy safe lovely place to disappear to Um, and the it's it's a small town community christmas tree farm Um, it's the story of stella and luca they've been best friends for close to a decade um stella owns a christmas tree farm in this tiny town Um, it's fallen into some hard times and to sort of rescue the tree farm she enters a social media contest but she lies on the application and says she owns it with her boyfriend um, to try and make the place seem more romantic however there is no boyfriend so Luca valiantly um, volunteers himself as the fake boyfriend in question and that's where our story lifts off Um, but really the story is my hope for you know all the good things in community, nosy neighbors, good coffee shop, uh, a chaotic phone tree, and a beautiful Christmas tree farm. Um, and I love it. I'm really glad other people seem to love it too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like it, it complete because if there's anything you need to know about me,
2: I love fake dating and I love Christmas. She <laughs> loves Christmas. Like if there is a book that comes out that has anything to do with a Christmas tree, Phoebe has already I think she was the first one that I knew of that read this book um, back when it was indie published. 2021,
0: and- I think.
1: Yeah, 2021 is when it was first published.
0: Yeah, December 2021. Because I did like a, a, a Kindle Unlimited marathon week, the week of Christmas. And I was like, I, I remember, I was like, I'm going to start
1: with this book. <laughs> it was funny when I told my family that I had written a book because I, they had no idea that I was writing a book. I told my family, I was like, hey, I'm writing this book. I'm self-publishing it. Um, And they were like, oh, what's it about? And I was like, it's about a Christmas tree farm. And my brother was like, of course it is because I am a Christmas nut. I just love the holiday season. They were 0% surprised that it was about a Christmas tree farm.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I just, I love a holiday romance. And I think Ashley and I actually were recording a previous episode and um, we were talking about how this isn't it takes place on a Christmas tree to farm but I wouldn't say like you can read it any time of year because it does span like
2: most of the fall I would say um,
0: yeah and obviously- I was reading it
2: a couple weeks ago and I just felt like even in the summertime it just felt so like that magic is universal year-round and I just have to say that friends to lovers used to be for me, like just like kind of like middle of the road tropes. And this book, I was like, it's my new favorite. It's my new favorite trope. (laughs) Like when it's a, when it's a friends to lovers like this, where the chemistry is just like off the page, jumping off the page between Stella and Luca, you get that like tension from honestly, their like first interaction on the page before they, before we even meet Luca And Stella's like so nervous to have this phone conversation to ask him him to be her big, her fake boyfriend. And like when she's like immediately asks Beckett, it's like you could totally feel like the tension of like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to ask somebody else because I can't, I can't ask him that because I can't even think about being that with him because I'm just like so in love with him and I just love that the tension was like on the page even when it wasn't the two of them together interacting mm-hmm. Um, so I just have to say it's like a universal read for me Um, but also one of the best uh, friends to lovers that I've read thank you that's so sweet thank you so much
0: it's always so funny when like Ashley starts to diss friends to lovers because we both met our husbands as friends to lovers
2: so yeah <laughs> like
1: yeah same thing like the common feedback that I get with this book like a common theme I see in reviews and stuff is that people get frustrated because they're like no way would they have been friends for 10 years I'm like well yeah sometimes that happens when you're when you're afraid of you know changing a relationship that is so good and so solid and for Stella it's like it is foundational to Mm who she is and how she's healed herself from grief and trauma. Um, and Luca has been the one constant in her life. So she does not want to alter or change that. Um, so I'm like, yes, yeah, sometimes, it, sometimes it's hard to cross that bridge. Cause what if it doesn't work and then you lose mm-hmm. this person. Right. We were just
0: talking about this because sometimes our people have been talking about happy place by Emily Henry. And they're like, it would just be solved if they would just have a conversation. And I'm like, there's a difference between miscommunication as a trope and then like remembering that we as human beings are like very protective of our hearts and our minds and like making a move is a big deal and I I don't know I think it is totally realistic and that's the thing like this is one of those romances that like you get all of the tropey magic but it also feels so grounded in reality which you know I think there's a time and a place for both types. Um, But this is one that I love for that reason, because it just feels so like, it feels like it could happen. Like, I feel like it's a story my best friend would tell me. And it just like makes sense. So I'm curious, like what, I know you said you started writing it during the pandemic, but like what made you choose to self-publish? And then what has it been like being picked up like, number one, just by, like, the the love of readers,
1: but then getting acknowledgement from the one, like, a trade publisher. it's It's been wild. It has been completely unexpected. I was, I've been talking to my husband about it all day, because today was, is the day that Berkeley officially re-released Love Light, and it's, it's at Target, it's at Barnes and Noble, it's at stores, and it's been, I, I still can't fully wrap my ha- head around it, because... I started I started writing it just for something to do with my brain. I was a new mom. I felt like I was just taking care of other people all the time. And there was no, I wasn't doing anything with my brain that felt like a challenge. And I wanted to do something with my brain. I wanted a place to go to disappear too. Um, and so I didn't want to go traditional from the jump because I really didn't know if anyone would even like it. I didn't know what else. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I want to write this book for me. I'm going to see how it goes i'm just gonna put it out there and see what happens and just see what happens i didn't have any instagram presence i don't know if you guys have seen the original original cover of love light farms that's the one i have that i have the new one berkeley very graciously sent me the new <laughs> one but i i have the og
0: i read it with ginger uh bearded luca <laughs> <laughs>
1: so the original cover i my my illustrator dropped out last minute and I stress anxiety induced made this cover and Luca famously has a beard because I couldn't figure out in Photoshop how to get rid of the beard on this tiny animated man. So it <laughs> was a disaster. I had no social media presence. And I was like, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. Um, my fear with going traditional from the jump and sort of trying to find an agent and querying It's a very complicated process and it's a process that doesn't always give feedback. So I was afraid of sending this book out there, not hearing from anyone, not knowing what it was about the manuscript that people didn't like. Um, So I was like, you know what? Let's just jump into the fire here and see one, if people like it, two, if they don't like it, what they don't like about it. Um, So I was using it as like real-time market focus group research. Uh, And then I published the book and then it was, I was like super thrilled with how it was doing. And then out of nowhere towards the holiday season, it just blew up. Um, So wildly exceeded my expectations and it just kept going. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I still like, I can't explain it. It's just like the bookstagram community in particular, it just like snowballed into this. Like it just started more and more people started recommending it and it just, I was seeing it everywhere. Um, And then I relaunched it this past year with a new cover and it blew up all over again. Um, So I've been really lucky that people have given me a chance as a new writer, you know, without uh, my backlist is three books. (laughs) So (laughs) I had no marketing or any of that. So it was very much a word of mouth campaign. And I'm so thrilled that people loved it enough to share it with others. That's Um,
0: kind of cool to like, think, I don't know. I, I, I know the querying process um, very well, and it's wild. <laughs> um, so I just it it feels like a like a writing Cinderella story in a way where it's just like letting the work stand on its own, which I think is really
1: really special. I still cannot believe it's that. Like I went to Target this morning and I was walking around and I was getting all emotional. Like yeah, I, I cannot believe that this thing that I did in my free time when I wanted to feel good is a thing that resonated with so many other people one that's so special that pieces of so much of myself is in this book um and so many pieces of my heart are touching other people's hearts and connecting the community aspect of it has been so so special
2: and in this book you have you know you set up both Beckett and Evelyn and for that book and mm-hmm. then you know Layla and like her future and so I just I want to know did you know when you went into writing that first book like hey there's these other side characters that I would like really love to give a story to
1: I did know I I was I gave when I started Love Light I was like I'm gonna I wanted to do a four book series where each book was a different season so Love Light is winter in the weeds is spring, mixed signals this summer and business casual will be fall. So I knew from the jump, there would be four bucks. I've played back and forth with tropes and characters and storylines like that. Um, but I knew from the very start, it would be this full seasonal rotation. Um, and I told myself I would give myself these four, the run of the four bucks to see what happened. Um, if it went anywhere, if it did anything. And then from there, I would decide if I would write more books or, you know, just say like, I oh, it didn't work out. Um, but it did very much
2: work out. So more
1: books it is.
2: And well, and then of course, one of my favorite parts of this book is Beckett and his animals. Like I, the cats, I just could not get enough of it. The whole fiasco of I will not name them. I will not name them because then they're going to come home with me. There's just so much character in these characters. And there's just so many fun little moments. Did you draw any inspiration for these characters? Like where did you pull from anything from pop culture, any TV shows, favorite books, like anything that helped you come up with these both very relatable, real characters, and then just like, how funny they can be in that banter that just jumps off of the page.
1: It's funny. I was, I was talking to someone the other day. They're like, do you talk to your characters in your head? And I don't think I'm like having conversations with like fictional people, but I think all of the characters have really developed their own voice in my brain. And like, I know them so well now that I just, I feel like they all have very strong personalities and the joy of spending four books with the same characters in different ways and different you know, some are in the foreground, some are in the background and how they move around and stuff is that they really grow and develop in my head. And I'm, I spent so much time with them. Um, I don't know. I think what I've probably drawn from most are people and places and interactions that, you know, I've observed. There was someone who said that like a lot of writing is just observation of other people and things you see in day to day. Um, I think a lot of all of the characters have tiny slivers of me in them Um, Beckett probably the most (laughs) the the grumpy cat man (laughs) Um, I love Beckett (laughs) I love Beckett it's just I I really what I love the most about writing I think and creating characters is that I like to sit with them and figure out you know what is this thing that they're struggling with and for Beckett I think Beckett is a caretaker by nature Um, but he's very reluctant about it so I feel like the grumpily adopting every animal he sees is indicative of like his relationship with his family and his relationship with love Um, and so it was just a fun playful way of introducing that aspect of his character and setting it up for his book Um, then we get to his book yes he's still adopting these animals and being really silly about it Um, but it also leads to some deeper stuff for him and some personal growth.
0: Um, yeah, I love Beckett so much. (laughs) Um, so is the fourth book being published just through Berkeley, like
1: first? Yep. That will be the first Berkeley original, um, in the, in the final book in the Love Light series. Um, it's done. They have it. Well, it's not done they have the first draft for edits. I'm like, it's done. (laughs) That's (laughs) that's the indie in me where I'm like, I finished the draft. It's done. Uh,
2: How does it feel to kind of before your timeline was your own and now you have different demands, um, other people that are involved in the process a little bit more. How has that adjustment been?
1: It's been different. So it's really interesting going from like writing the you draft the book you write the book you finish the book you edit the book indie is very very fast Mm -hmm. Um, and now in traditional I'm learning so much and there's I have a whole team of people that are helping my me make this book the best book possible um so going through this process is it's very different in that it's a lot a lot slower um I think you can see the difference when you look at indie indie timelines Mm -hmm. traditional timelines most traditional authors have like one or two books a year to like super max um but it's been interesting so I finished the first draft of Charlie and I sort of sent it off and now I'm waiting for my editor to read it and send me feedback but I'm so excited to have a formal process and to have a formal editor and not just my best friend who's speed reading it in her free time. I'm excited to grow as an author. That was one of the big things when I was talking to Berkeley about, you know, the possibility of bringing it to Berkeley and my future as a writer. That was the big thing I wanted is I wanted support. I wanted to grow. I wanted to be better. Um, So I'm really looking forward to working together with them on this project and seeing how it turns out.
2: I can't wait for Charlie's books. Books. Like he was one of my favorite. I mean, I I don't think there was a character I came across that I haven't loved so far. And I just love how it, you can so clearly tell like which of these characters deserve a story and how like full their story can be. But I don't want to like take away from Luca and Stella. I also want to talk about them so much because I was reading this book and I was doing it on audio, Um, which the audiobooks are fantastic. I think that the narrator delivers especially Stella, I feel like she delivers Stella's voice so well. And I just, I really enjoyed the entire experience. And the whole time I was like, I just, I just want to know what Luke is thinking. Like, I just, I just want to know what he's thinking. Like, I know what he's thinking. Like I've made it up in my head. Like I know exactly what he's thinking, even though <laughs> Stella is just like too, too blinded by her own you know fears and insecurities to like be able to see like how much in love like he is with her um but that i don't know i don't think this is like really a, a spoiler but to like something to look forward to for anybody who hasn't read the book yet the epilogue and getting luca's POV there was such a treat like that was I just I loved that I love that little like reversal there where you can kind of like see him reflecting back um looking forward and just like getting that little like piece into him I really enjoyed it so mm-hmm. for anybody who it hasn't read it yet and is like oh my gosh it's single pob you do get that epilogue that has <laughs> him in there
1: a little a little tiny bit of Luca there at the end yeah
2: but I maintain. So they're they're all of the other books
1: in the series are uh, dual point of view. But I felt I really felt like writing Stella. This book it was 100%. Yeah,
2: book,
1: It felt like it needed yeah. to be. Um. And there's been feedback where it's like, well, it would have been stronger with Luca. But like I feel like people would have not, if if it were dual point of view in every other chapter, we're hearing from Luca how much he loves and adores Stella. It, it Stella wouldn't have had. The same sympathy, you know, because if we, right. I would, it would have been like beating you over the head, like Stella's afraid, but Luca's so sure, and right. I really wanted to focus on like Stella, those fears and you know the things she's gone through in her own life, and I, I, I think there needed to be some mystery on Luca's part in terms yeah. of, and you know, I call honestly, I'm oh, sorry, I just, I feel like you could just also like to play devil's
0: advocate in there, there'd be someone who like she would get like. I don't know, like a shrewish reputation. Cause they'd be like, look, he loves her so much and she's choosing not to see it. It's like sometimes
2: life's not that easy. <laughs> and right. I, I like to call it, I, I don't know if you are uh have fallen victim to fantasy as much as all of the rest of us in the world, but I call it like the the Akamath effect, right? Like Fera's story would not be anything if we knew Reese's. PA the Mm. whole time there would be so much lost in her own growth as a person and um and like chapter 54 where he's like here's everything that I have been like that would be nothing if we had been getting it all along and I felt that way so much with Luca when finally like you know they come to this precipice and they're like he's like you know he, he does what he does and he says what he says and it's like that moment is so much more fulfilling when you are withheld like that information is withheld from you through the whole book so I think it I think it was you know flawlessly done and I just I I loved how much I could appreciate Luca's character even without his POV like I really got who he was as a person which is a high compliment because Ashley loves a dual POV (laughs) I do love a dual POV I love a dual POV I love a singular um like that's how you know it's person like a POV. book
0: yeah like if she could if it's third person and single pov she's like
2: mm. okay i'm like mm. but no if it's single pov and i am this obsessed with it there's there's only if i like chapter two um i was on my instagram stories <laughs> and notes. i was like <laughs> I, I was like yelling at whoever listens, whoever watches my Instagram stories, I was yelling into the void. I was like, this book is so perfect. And I was like, I don't know how anyone can say they're not a romance reader when this is like the genre, like when this is the type of reading that like this is the the honor that we get. Um, to read these pages so yes I was a huge <laughs> fan I was yelling at anybody that would listen to me I'm always late to read books so I was like the last one of all my friends to, like uh, my friend Logan had been recommending, like been like Ashley you need to pick up Love Life Farms I don't know what you're doing blah blah blah, blah. you need to read it um, and I've given up like
0: I've been spending the last three and a half years pressuring her to read things <laughs> and she doesn't listen to me all the time so now I'm like, oh, well, you could have read it two years ago, like me, but.
2: <laughs> and then I'll like yell at her and I'll be like, why didn't you push this harder? Like, why didn't you get me to read this sooner? And she's like, you can't turn this around on me. Yes. Anyway, so I was like yelling at anybody that would listen, like, thank you so much for, um, you know, like putting this on my radar and I'm like, so glad I read it. So I hope everybody else that's like me, that their TBR is just so long that they're like not sure how to prioritize this one. You don't need to wait for Christmas. You can oh. pick it up right now and it will be the most lovely treat to your summer reading.
0: Or do Christmas in July, whatever you need yeah. to do. Yeah, Because so we're recording this on June 6th, which is your republication day uh, with Berkeley. And then next month um, it's in the weeds is the second one, right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah, um, so in the weeds comes out in July, and then mixed signals comes out in trade paper paperback in August, so all summer, little treats um, did you have a favorite character to write, or I imagine that like the like when did you start book two after love Life Farms have kind of like taken off?
1: I started it in I think December so right when like love light was starting to like go up 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 I was writing in the weeds and I was like I was writing and I was like oh oh boy that's like because I wrote love light farms and no expectations like nobody I was was just doing it and then everybody started really responding to it and I was writing in the weeds and I was like oh like I really felt like the heavy expectation of like this book needs to be good and so (laughs) I struggled with that a lot writing in the weeds seeing the feedback for love light as i was writing um so i would say that was probably the hardest one for me to write just because i felt yeah sure yeah but when daily
0: people are like you've created my like favorite
1: people and you're like oh god (laughs) God. i love them them. um and in the weeds is such a different story from love light farms Mm -hmm. it's a lot slower it's a lot more about to like two people with fighting internal quiet battles it's a lot quieter like it's it's still a love story um but it's quiet and it's slow because Beckett is very quiet and methodical um and so it was different and I was trying to figure out how to keep the momentum going um and then I got over it with with mixed signals I just I feel like with mixed signals I was very much um back to writing for fun again. So yeah. Definitely struggled the most within the weeds. But I think probably the easiest, the strongest voice and the easiest character for me to write is probably Charlie, which I know we keep saying we're we're getting we're getting away from Luca and Stella a little bit, but Charlie, so he's Stella's half brother. Um but he is such a loud voice in my head. I knew instantly exactly who he was and where he's going what he's doing um so their book the fourth book the last book was a lot of fun for me to write because it just felt very like we were going
0: and I knew it and
1: it felt good oh that's so exciting um does that have a pub date yet no pub date everyone keeps asking I'm like I don't know I don't know either so I think it's definitely 2024 um I think summer 24 but I'm not certain all right well we'll just wait with bated breath until then um see I'm
0: jealous of everybody who gets the opportunity to read them for the first time now um because we I still have to wait to get to my my last book um so if you have are you one of the if you're the lucky ones who have not experienced yet I genuinely mean that, that you're very lucky that you get to experience them for the first time Um, but since these do take place in like the seasons how I I don't imagine that you have the luxury of writing them during the seasons that (laughs) they take place but like how like what is your process like like what is the vibe if you sit down
1: to write the vibe is so I don't listen to music when I write but I listen to like a a vibey song before I get Mm -hmm. started of what I what those characters are like feeling and going through or all that jazz I listen and so But when I'm writing, I listen to like ambient sound, Mm -hmm. you know, like YouTube library videos. And for each,
0: that is my brand. That is my
1: brand. (laughs) I I love those. So for each one, it had a like specific ambient sound that I listened to. Like when I was writing Mixed Signals, because Layla is a baker, a lot of it was like cafe, Mm -hmm. machines, bakery ambient sound. Um, Luca and Stella was a lot. I think it was like, like mystical castle winter festival or that. something. You know, just magical. Um, so I, I definitely listen to like seasonal vibey background music. And That's I get cool. a candle yeah. for what, like, you know, like I had I think I went through like four Christmas tree candles when I was writing Love Light Farms.
2: Oh. You didn't go to the store and get all those little mini um paper the the paper the car air fresheners yeah I I
1: should I should well it's funny so like in love life farms Luca gives Stella um pine tree air fresheners every time he sees her as like I wanted it to be a way for him to say I love you I'm thinking of you without saying the words initially it was supposed to be (laughs) sorry
2: Um, i I tell you it's a christmas it's christmas sentimental christmas it's like Phoebe's, like oh my gosh i need to like go on my like fainting couch i can't handle it
0: (laughs) i i well yes i also have like my it's not technically christmas tree but it's called the high peaks of the adirondack forest which is where my husband and i got engaged so i was like wait i can set the vibe right
1: now (laughs) Uh, initially so luca gives her pine tree air fresheners um, initially it was going to be snow globes but I was like where would Stella keep like 7,000 snow globes it was just too cumbersome um, but when we when I re-released the book with the new cover this past winter I was like it'd be so cool to give out Love Life Farms air fresheners like in goodie bags but apparently the air tree the 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 company that makes the shape of those trees is like wildly protective of the of their trademark and like, we'll sue the pants off of you if you do anything close, which the more you know about pine
2: tree air fresheners. I have no I'm idea. writing it down. I'm a yeah. lawyer, so I'm writing it down. I'm gonna, I'll, I will uh, figure it out and get you the rights <laughs> and then we can do it. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do
0: it together. That is oh like basically what you do though, isn't it? Cause it's like contract.
2: Well, I like guess that's not a contract, but oh well. Yeah, trade trademarks and. Yeah, she'll figure it out. She's on I'll the case. Up. Oh my gosh, I love that does anything have to change? I, I'm,
0: I, I apologize that we're inundating you with these questions, but I am very fascinated by the like bookstagram and book talk effect of like books like Icebreaker and like yours that, um like the Spanish love deception, just like because of reader enthusiasm are getting noticed. um And, you know, I think there's, there's pros and cons to both Indian trad publishing and all of that, but I imagine it's very nice to have the the security of a team around you instead of having to do everything yourself. But did anything like do they re edit the books
1: or anything or like? Yeah, so they all the first three all went through like a really quick, not develop. So there's developmental editing and then there's like copy proof editing. Um, developmental is more like bones of the story and how it's structured and you know, third act breakup like the pacing and the act and the choices the characters make. Um, so there's none of that it was basically we left the books alone for the most part but there was a lot of grammatical spelling details I, I was telling my husband when I got I got love light back with all of the edits and I was like I was deeply humbled because this book had been out and for me I was like it's done it's perfect it's great or like not perfect but it was like good for the universe to see and then I got the edits back and I was like oh my god <laughs> I was scrolling through I was like oh my gosh I didn't realize that detail but it is it is so it is such a relief to not have to worry about spell checking or Mm -hmm. like I said this on page seven but on page 212 I changed the detail like that is the level of detail that Berkeley goes into like you said this here does that still apply here or do you want to change it and if you change it let's change all of it I think a good example of that is (laughs) in mixed signals I can't referencing caleb's dimple or caleb's dimples so sometimes he had two dimples show up and sometimes he had one dimple show up and in my head i was like it's just depending on how big he's smiling right but like me and this editor had like a 25 minute conversation about this fictional man and his fictional smiles and his fictional dimples and where they where they correlate on his face so it is it is a treat for me to have that support that I don't have to because yeah, there'd always yeah. be that panic like once once I would mm-hmm. send out an indie book like oh god <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what is spelled wrong in this book right because um, I feel like you go cross-eyed
0: eventually looking at it so many times yourself and even like if you hire out like it's, if you and one editor or what proofreader or someone like there's it's it's tough to catch all of
2: those things yeah and now the audiobooks are all out and they stayed out, I think, right? Or do they yeah, th- because they're out for mixed signals and in the weeds. So did anything have to change on that when the book was picked up?
1: You know, so
2: the audiobook deal is was done. I did that deal
1: before Berkeley picked them up. Um, and so that contract was basically untouchable. So the audiobook company owns the audiobooks mm-hmm. and we'll do the fourth one um, and will not touch them again until that contract eventually you know decades from now mm-hmm. um so i think berkeley will eventually redo them with like the cleaned up updated content but for now because the differences are so slim too it's like a couple word choice changes i think mm-hmm. i cut out a couple lalas here and there in the berkeley editions but um... <laughs> not
2: the lala i love lala <laughs> not all of the
1: lalas but a couple of the lalas <laughs> <laughs> the lala's disappeared but other than that for the most part it's
0: it's the same story. Yeah. I find that so interesting. We've been having like a lot of really interesting conversations on like like the business side of things with authors lately. So I just find that all absolutely fascinating. So thank you for sharing that with us. I would love to know like what is on your reading list if you have like a summer reading list or if you, cause I always feel like when readers find an author that they love and they're like, I want more of this, but I've read all of your backlist. Like, do you have any authors that you recommend? Cause you think you write similar
1: books? Well, she's a pal. She's one of my dear friends and I love, I've loved her books forever. Um, and so when I reached out to her, I'll Chloe Lee's, um, mm-hmm love her books love her books and I've been a big reader of hers before I even started writing um but I look up to her a lot in terms of the way she writes uh the detail she includes and in, like the the character driven story arcs so I think if you've enjoyed my books she'll love her books um because she does what I do but like way better She <laughs> so. similar
0: stories because she you know indie published and mm-hmm. now is the has the Bergman brothers been picked up it has been picked
1: up. We actually yeah. share an editor at Berkeley. Oh um, nice. Was funny because like when I was going through the whole Berkeley process, um, Chloe and I became friends. She picked up in the weeds and she was talking about it on her Instagram. And I freaked out because I love her. And I reached out and I was like, Hey, like once you read it, I would love to connect with you to see if you have feedback and like how I can be better and grow. Um, and then we chatted and then we kept chatting and we keep chatting, and now we're real good friends but when I went through the whole Berkeley process I was like I knew she had just been signed by Berkeley before the Bergmans had been picked up um and I was chatting with her I was like do you like being at Berkeley like what's the process been for you as an author you know same trajectory indeed to trad um and she was like yeah I really love my editor Christine and I've been talking to Christine and I was like oh so and for me the way chloe writes the way she approaches story the way she's grown as a writer is something i really admire and look up to Mm -hmm. um and so for me it just felt like a perfect fit
2: um
0: those are other books i've been subtly pressuring ashley to read i know
2: (laughs) and i have been a fan of chloe like as a person on bookstagram yeah or before her first book yeah for years um and she's just like such a delightful person. And I just I do what the, this goes nicely into my next question for you, which is just like this community aspect of how great, you know, um Bookstagram and then book talk, like how great that community is for not just um like uh meeting other readers, but then rallying behind authors and um getting to have conversations with authors and DM that you never expected. So from from I know how important and special it is to me to have that interaction, but from your side of things, how how has that been and what is the most special part that you feel about being able to interact with the reader your readers through social media?
1: Well, it, it's it's incredible because it's so it can be so one to one. Like I can People send me messages and 90% of the messages I get are like, you're never going to read this, but like, I'm laying in my bed, scrolling through my phone, like, yes, I am reading it. And it means so much to me. Like it is, I said earlier, it's like when I put out love light, I was like market research, but it, it truly is just like trying to find out what resonates with people. And when you pour so much of yourself into a book as a writer, when people take the time to send you a message, like, Hey, this helped me through this hard part of my life or like this felt really good for me when I needed it, or this just makes me happy. Like that's all I want to do. I want to make people happy. i to make people feel good. And the fact that I get to do it as a job now and that people take the time to tell me about it and I get to make friends. and like, that's the thing. It's not just like, Oh, you read my book. Super cool. Like I've made genuine real life friendships from like readers other writers that I've looked up to forever and been fans of. Um, it's funny you mentioned Icebreaker in Spanish, Love Deception, because Hannah, Elena, and I have like a little mini support group of like indie to trad and like all the Aww. things we're. Through. <laughs> we it's just the the friendships I've made with other writers, with readers. It's been really special, especially you know during this time, mm-hmm. from pandemic to now, where it's been you know, more isolated, um, I feel like I've gotten my, a new, whole new little community in this way.
0: Oh, I love that. Cause that's, I, I mean, we both feel really similarly. I'm like, I literally said last night, I was like, my love language is telling you, telling me that you read a book that I recommended and, yeah. and like loving it. Um, Cause it is so special that like, yes, they're, you know, type, fictional men and fictional dimples and fictional characters, but like very real friendships I think have come out of loving these same stories which is so special and perfect since you know this does kind of revolve around a little group of friends in these books that you're that you write um which I don't know I'm gonna get it really sentimental about them because I just love them so much and I'm so excited for this new new crop of readers
2: to get to experience them I would love to know so Charlie's book is the last love life love light book do you have any ideas for a new series a new story that takes us to a different small town I do so I'm working on when my deal with Berkeley
1: was the four love light books plus the first book of a new series so I'm working on that first book of a new series right now um it's not a small town I've been super like shady shiesty with <laughs> what I'm sharing about it, um, because I'm trying to get back to like that mental headspace of like no one knows what it's about, no expectations, um, and that's been working out really well for me <laughs> in the writing process. But it takes place in Baltimore. If anyone's ever visited Baltimore, you it has sort of that small town vibe because it's mm-hmm. this we call it Baltimore. I grew up here. I've got a lot of love for the city, and I'm having a lot of fun writing it. I think what I love most about writing Love Light was the cast of characters and how they all sort of interweave with one another. Um, And I'm really playing with that a lot. In this one, there's the same quirky cast of characters, same really close relationships, and a whole lot of love in this book in different shapes and sizes, not just romantic love, but family love, friend love. Um, So I'm having a lot of fun writing it right now. And that's first book of a new series so we'll see where that takes me oh exciting
0: wait I can't say I've ever read a book that
1: takes place in Baltimore so that's my that's my mission as a romance writer now is to bring more love books that take place in Baltimore because I think we get a bad rap sometimes I think uh people tend to overlook it um so here I am doing my doing my duty to bring romance back baltimore does baltimore have like its own like the flag is like everywhere or something like oh, this maryland are very passionate about the maryland flag oh okay um, and it wasn't sure as the state flag or what it was yeah it's a hideous looking flag but for some reason we love it i have shoes with the pattern on it i have like a, s- a scarf and a headband i have more maryland flag clothing than is necessary and when you're in the state, it's cool. It's like people are like, "Yeah, Maryland flag." But when you leave the state wearing Maryland flag stuff, <laughs> I'm like, what in God's name, are you wearing right now? Are you a Ravens fan? I am. I actually I worked for the team for five years.
0: Oh, really? I have a friend who works for the team. He's one of the um, like physical therapists. Oh, funny. That's
2: I used. To, I did social media for the team
1: a lifetime ago.
2: That is my dream. I don't think I would survive. Oh, sorry. We forgot the third thing on Phoebe's trifecta of things that she loves is football. The third (laughs) one is football. So So if you bring a sports romance to the mix, set set on Christmas tree farm. No, I'm I do want to write a sports
1: romance at some point. It's on, I I have a Google doc of story ideas that anytime they pop up in my brain, I just slot them into place. And I do, I do have a sports romance, but I've been, I still have friends that work in football, mm-hmm. and them, to, and they've been really like shocked and surprised that I'm now a romance writer because it's something that I've been, I've kept close to my heart, and then I published a romance book, and everyone's been like, "What?" So <laughs> I'm, I've been hesitant to write a sports romance because so many of my friends still work in the sports industry. I don't want them to be like weird about it. Um, so we'll see if I ever cross that emotional.
0: Oh. i still so get that i'll dm you about this because i, I want to talk about lamar jackson but
1: anyway oh please do my always <laughs> for football talk
0: oh Who's okay
2: your... good to know
1: bills josh oh. allen
0: oh yeah ashley's a patriots fan so like it's a sore subject you
2: didn't have to say that you, you could have like let me say like well like, no I, I just i, I can't help me like that just, i'm not even a real patriots fan anymore i live in north carolina so i might as well be a panthers fan i just um uh, well
0: I what was I don't even know what I was gonna say oh I just I can't have him turning into Tom Brady because Tom Brady ruined my childhood so
2: see this this is you you're hitting on one of the things that Phoebe and I fight about we have a podcast together we spend all the time together and you she just dogs on me every time <laughs> but you know if you ever it's the only ever- flaw that you have <laughs> i can't wait for now now like when you're writing your book that has all these different types of relationships in there just remember this like little thread of like this this rival like this little fake rivalry between phoebe and i as to our sports preferences
1: (laughs) there there's no better love language than friends that give each other shit it's a beautiful thing it is great it truly is that's so cool I, I can't believe you worked for them. Yeah. It was, the the comments were really rough. The lifestyle is so, it's your whole life. There's nothing yeah. else. Um, but it was fun. It was a whole lot of fun. So for... did
2: any of that translate into now, like, you know, entering when you were um, just doing this on your own through the indie publishing, like, did that work translate to, okay, now I'm marketing for myself almost in a way. And mm-hmm. all of those tools come in handy. Certainly.
1: Yeah. I, after I worked for, after I did social media for a sports team and I had all that branding knowledge, I was, my husband and I, we moved to California for his medical training um, and I was the creative director for a real estate agency. Um, so I really understood visual language and branding and I knew I wanted that for myself and I have a very I'm probably like the most annoying person to the whole Berkeley team because I'm very like I want this to look this way this is how it feels in my brain like the initial love light cover notwithstanding like the horribleness of that you know photoshop is not the skill set it's fine (laughs) but I I have a very clear like visual understanding of what I want things to look like um and that's been helpful like making the whole Instagram aesthetic and like my brand and what it feels like and what it looks like. Um, and the stories I tell translating into the mm-hmm. colors I use and the imagery and all that. So I'm super passionate about that. I'm sure the team at Berkeley would be like, yeah, she's real passionate about it.
0: <laughs> less but passionate. I feel like that has to be better than someone who's just like, oh, do whatever. And then like you yeah. get the, the, the images back and you're like, that's not what I wanted at all. Like, I feel like it's better to have a strong... Here's to women having a strong and clear view
1: of what they want for their careers. There you go. A vision. I have a vision. um, And I have a vision for what down to what I want the spine to look like on the book. So
2: definitely, it's definitely helped. Oh. And I love, I mean, you can tell all that time and energy that's put into it because these covers are so... Um, like you can tell how they com- they complement each other. Like they're true companions to- of one another. And you can see it from, I mean, my favorite thing about books, some of my favorite books getting picked up by um, traditional publishing is being able to spot that, like e- being able to see them now in the stores. And like the covers are almost still exactly the same. And they're just, you know, maybe refined in just a little tiny bit or just small tweaks like the font or or the the spine or whatever, but like going into a bookstore and like seeing them from, you know, yards away and just immediately knowing, oh my gosh, I know that book. I just love that brand recognition and your covers are absolutely stunning.
1: They Thank are. Thank you, Sam, the Thank designer. You. She did an incredible job. She, all my kudos to Sam. She's incredible. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, BK, this has been such a special interview. Thank you so much for your time. We're so excited for these books to be re-released for everybody to enjoy and pick up at Target or wherever you get your books. But I feel like that's always, I love that when authors are like, I saw my book in Target or I saw my book at Barnes and Noble or at my local independent bookstore or at the grocery store. Like, I think that's like the little
1: like magic moment. Yeah. Yeah. The
0: airport. I, the airport, I
1: think that's always a, a one that people say too. Um, yeah. I'm dying, I'm dying to see it at an airport. I'm hoping I can this summer because I'm traveling quite a bit. So oh, oh, do you, are you going on a tour at all? Uh, no tour for these first three books. Um, Chloe and I are doing an event in DC for oh, the launch of in the weeds. Um, and I'm going to be at steamy lit con in Anaheim. We will. So will we Yeah, yeah will we be there. So- we're gonna have to hug yes (laughs) and then I'll be I'm doing a conference in Florence I'm doing rare Florence um and then I'll be at a polycon next year and those are amazing yeah I'm super jazzed
2: cool Um, well we'll see you there and everybody that's listening you've got now to start picking up these books you can get any of them on on audio but love life farms is out now yes Thank you so much, BK. Thanks for having me, guys. This was a blast. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at ReadItOrListItPod. All rights reserved, 2020.